pray for Ben. Bless Ben, we pray, as he talks. May we hear what you have to say. Just pray, God, that we will be alert to what you're doing. Amen. Thanks, Becca. Thanks, Mark. Cool. How is everyone all right? Good. Distinctly average. How is everyone all right? Yay! How good was that time of worship? Amazingly led by, by Sam and the other guys. Um, but but just so more important than that is the truth that we sang. It's just incredible, isn't it, that all those words we sing are truth. Um, so I'm going to speak to you tonight about uh, passion in the ordinary. Uh, hopefully I won't take up too much of your time. Uh, I, for one, want to go back and see the last episode of um, You Know What?, We've all got to do our duty to AC12 tonight, people. <laughs> Let's not let ourselves down. Um, so anyway, my name's Ben. Uh, my family and I have been in the church for five years. I'm married to Emily. I have three boys, Caleb, Elijah, and Josiah. Um, you will recognise them as, if you see them here, because they always wear football kits. They don't often wear anything else. Um, and usually they're disgustingly messy as well. Uh, my, I work as a fundraiser during the week uh, for a hospice up in Clapham. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a really good week actually in that regard. I had a, um, we held an event for about 100 people uh, to say thank you to people who supported us. And there was a, a lady there who was at the beginning who was, who was pretty emotional, um, quite choked up. And I was speaking to her and she said that her husband died at the hospice 16 years ago and she'd never made it back. Um, and she received our invite um, uh, last year, and she couldn't make it, and she received our invite this year and made it along. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, my goodness, she's not going to make this. This is going to be far too difficult. But she, um, she stuck with the evening, um, and actually, at the end, she came up to me and said, thank you so much, Ben, for inviting me. Um, I really feel like I've overcome something. And um, I don't think she was a Christian, but what it made me think of is is gosh, like 16 years, that's such a long time. And I know some of us in this room are battling with things that go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. But I just want to encourage you that God is in those things. And it might take months, might take years, it might take decades, but he's in those things. And I think the thing I really loved about her was that she was willing to accept the invite. And sometimes I think with Jesus, we need to be just willing to accept um, the invite. Anyway, I'll be um, speaking tonight. Uh, it's from the New Testament. Uh, it's it's uh, the book of John, uh, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. Oh, this is where I realise that I've got the clicker. Can you read that? Good. Okay, so I'll just read through this. We split it over three slides. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter... Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. I'm going to skip even if it doesn't <laughs> match up. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. They did. They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Uh, then the disciple, 
whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, Is it the Lord? Sorry, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus said to them, bring some fish you have just, bring the, some fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Great. So I want to talk to you about three points tonight that I kind of took from this scripture. One is, is the question, what is ordinary? So when we're talking about passion in the ordinary, ordinary what is ordinary? Two is how, we, how do we develop passion? And three, how does passion, or what does passion look like? So off the bat, I want to say that relationship with God through Jesus is not ordinary and should never be ordinary and was never intended to be ordinary. Is there anything about the works of God in the Bible that are ordinary? We might not fully understand them. Some, may, some of them may jar with us, but they are certainly not ordinary. Is there anything about the miracles of Jesus, the sacrificial life, death and resurrection of Jesus that is ordinary? I've never, uh, I've never read a passage where Jesus makes a cuppa, does the crossword, tuts at the radio and checks some emails. He couldn't even eat a meal without feeding several thousand. He is certainly not ordinary. And there is nothing about the works of the Holy Spirit that are ordinary either. I've never heard people say, I had an amazingly bland encounter with God last night. Or my wife received a distinctly average healing. No, there is nothing about our relationship with God that should be ordinary. But sometimes I think, for me personally, my actions and my decisions, my attitudes, they take the extraordinary of God and make it very, very ordinary. So I believe the question we should be asking is how do we live lives that demonstrate the extraordinary person of Jesus, uh, the extraordinary passion Jesus has for us, and be the vessel of that passion into our community? Because when we do, I believe anything but ordinary things will happen. So the next points I wanted to look at were about developing passion. So in verse 3, uh, and the first one of those is, to develop passion, I think we need to just get in the boat. So in verse 3, Simon Peter says, I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now obviously we, reading this passage all the way through, know what's coming, a huge miracle and a huge haul of fish. But he doesn't know that. He just got in the boat. And actually several years before... He did it again. He just got into the boat. If we read Luke um, 5, verses 3 to 5, 
when Jesus first reveals himself to Simon Peter, we read these words. He got, into, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. He sat down and taught people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And for those of us that um, know that story and know how it panned out, again, another huge miracle and a huge haul of fish. And from that moment, Simon Peter was all in with Jesus. But imagine if he hadn't got in the boat. Imagine if he'd gone, not blooming likely. I've been out here trying to catch fish all night. I'm not going to take some religious nuts kind of uh, request to just go back out in the boat again. No way, Jose. I'm, I'm going offshore. I'm going home. I'm going to get some bread and get an early night because I've got to get really up really early in the morning to get out fishing again. But he didn't, did he? He was willing just to step, take that step and get on the boat. And I think more often than not in our lives, certainly in mine, we have to be willing to take that step before we witness the extraordinary in our lives. We have to just turn up day to day and get in that boat. And I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm sure lots of us out here don't think it's easy either, but unfortunately I think that's just one of the things we've got to do. No matter where we are, no matter what we're thinking, good or bad, high or low, we just have to find the energy and the courage to just get in the boat. So the next point I want to make about developing passion is I think we have to be willing to obey. And obey as a word is a bit like religious or religion. It's not particularly fashionable, particularly with the kind of snowflake generation that we have at the moment. Um, But a dictionary definition of obey is to submit to the authority or right command of someone in your life. And the beauty of our creation and our freedom in Jesus is that we have independent minds. We're not robots programmed to think and act in the same way. And when, I think when we're young, this is great. It's huge freedom, potential creativity, loads of possibilities. God, our creator, has created us unique and we can do whatever we like. But I think when sometimes we get older, this becomes a bit more scary. We can do whatever we like, or anything. That sounds really risky, doesn't it? So we build a way of doing things that makes us feel comfortable, safe and in control. And I think one of the challenges of growing passion for Jesus is to rely less on us and more on God. To rely less on the kind of constructs that we've put around our lives and more on the power and the passion of God. In verse 6 of this, of this uh, passage, Jesus says, Throw your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. And I kind of want to ask myself and ask you guys, are we giving Jesus the right to command our lives? To throw our net to the right sometimes when we hear him speak and not just keep throwing it to the left. To take that risk that when we feel he's speaking for us, we're going to go for it. Because I think if we do, Scripture's telling us that we will see the true fruit of his plan for us. We will see the haul of fish in our lives. And this fruit will encourage and strengthen our trust, our understanding, our passion for Jesus. And the third point 
to develop passion, I think we want to have to be in his presence. If I think of my life, my passion for Jesus, for his church, for his people, it's always been directly affected by how I'm connected to him. And for me, that's mainly about prayer and people. I love to pray. It's something that when I became a Christian just felt really natural, that two-way communication with our Father God. And I know when my prayer life's good, when I'm praying a lot, it doesn't have to be long prayers, it could be short prayers, but just the regularity of that contact, that conversation with my Father, my passion for him grows. And when I'm in the presence of people who believe the same as I do, believe in God, who can feed me, my passion for him grows. As many of you know, uh, I think I mentioned it last time, um, Emily, my wife, has had a real up and down battle with severe anxiety and I've had my moments as well. And when I was talking her through this, we both kind of came to the conclusion that for us it was that connectedness to be in the presence of God that really got us through those difficult times. And that in those times, the more we pressed in, the more we had a hunger and a passion for his presence... I'm not saying it stopped or cured everything, but it made life easier. It made us be able to get in the boat and to see what was next. The disciples in this story are hungry. Disciples and Simon Peter are hungry to be with him. We read in verse 7, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, He wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. They wanted to be with him. Oh, by the way, a hundred yards? I think I looked up, it's 91 metres. I don't know if any of you would fancy being kind of just dropped 91 metres off Littlehampton Pier and then jumping into the sea and running back. I don't think I would. But without hesitation, he, he grabbed his garment and he jumped in and, and, I guess, waded or swam to the shore because he knew the voice who was calling him. And then later on in verse 12, it says, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him who you are. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. They wanted to spend time with Jesus. They wanted to sit down with him, to eat with him. Am I the same? Are we the same? Are we, or are we actively putting up barriers sometimes in our lives that stop us from being in that place, that stop us from entering into his presence? One of, one of um, the joys of my life as a father is the fact that I've managed to sort of make sure all my three boys are complete football nuts like me. Um, and one of the amazing things um, to see is how um, Caleb, my eldest, has really progressed since he was about seven years old and started playing football to where he is now. And this season, a bit of a, bit of a gloat here, but he, he got the most goals in his team and he got the most assists. But for me, he is the, the living example of how passion is not a feeling. It's not something that just lands on us. It's something that develops. His passion for football is gigantic. Uh, it's just enormous. But he's worked so hard to foster that passion in his life. From the moment he attended a, um, 
uh, soccer school run by, run by Ben Young and other members of the church over summer holidays. He no, had no interest in football, and he went to that one thing, and from that day, I could honestly say he's played football every day. And there's times where he's played games that he's not played very well, but he's got back on the boat. And he's been willing to put himself in that position to accept maybe criticism or to accept defeat or to accept downheartedness, but just step back into it because he wants it. He wants that passion. And there's something about his willingness to obey his coaches. His coaches who take the time to meet with him, to sit down with him and say, hey, Caleb, you did amazing, but how about this? How about that? And he loves it. He loves to play. He has a joy to play. He loves to be in the presence of his football, in the presence of footballers. And as a a result, he's grown up and his passion for his game has grown and that passion is rubbing off on his brothers and his cousins. And it's infectious. And what I want for my life and what I want for my children's life and what I want for all of you is for our passion to develop in that way, for us to have the courage to, to get onto the boat, to obey when he's speaking to us, and to press into his presence. And then finally on developing passion, we need to accept that the God who loves us is passionate for us. There is no doubt God has a huge amount of passion for his people. All through the Old Testament, he was desperate for his people to find him and only him, in spite of the fact that they, they wanted sometimes, it would seem, to worship any other God but him. He kept coming back. And yeah, we might not agree with his methods. I mean, no one likes a plague. But that was him saying, come on, guys, I want you. And just recently, we've celebrated Easter, haven't we? The biggest act of passion by any father ever in allowing his son Jesus to die on the cross for every single one of us and for every single one of those people who aren't in this room tonight. And to wipe away all our mistakes. And on top of that, God left the Holy Spirit to transform us, to guide us, to spur us on. This is a God that is hugely passionate about his people, about you, about me, about the world. But I'm not foolish enough to know that life can throw things at us that makes that passion wane, that makes it difficult, that makes us question, what, that God? A passion for me? For the things that I've done? For the things that I've said? For the things I haven't achieved? He has a passion for me. And we question ourselves. Can he really forgive my mistakes? Can he really forgive the things that I won't admit to anyone? Well, yeah, he does. He really does and he really wants to because he is so passionate about us. But if you're here tonight and you really can't get that, that's just not where you're at. Then do come and chat to people. Chat to me, chat to Becca. There'll be a prayer team afterwards. Come and have some prayer because I would hate anyone to leave here tonight thinking that Father God is not passionate about them. 
So then finally, what, what does passion look like? So if we're growing a passionate life, a life where we want to connect with God more, we want to get in the boat, we want to be in his presence, we want to obey him, and if God is truly passionate about us and we fuse those things together, well, what, what's it all for? Well, I think the answer lies in going back to Luke 5. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to him, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish people. So what do we do with all this passion? The passion we've grown, the passion we receive? Well, I think we should go. God's passion for us and our passion for him is not for us to retain it within ourselves. It's not for us to retain it within this church. It's to give it away. It's to share it. And if you look back at the passage we've read tonight, we need to be open, like the disciples were open, willing to get in the boat. We need to be honest with people. But we also need to sit down with them. We need to be practical. We need to meet their needs. We need to make them breakfast. We need to get alongside them. We need to serve them. Um, our eldest son has a friend and his sister's been horribly unwell. And actually, it's been a great pleasure for us to be able to get alongside that family. And all they've really wanted is practical support. They've needed us to look after um, their sons. They've need, needed, needed us to feed him. They've needed us just to look after him. And they've needed to know that we care. And actually, from doing these small practical things, we're now in a position that we can pray for that family. And so we're inviting God into that situation. And I'm sure you've all got other examples of people and situations where actually the only thing to do, the right thing to do, is to share your passion, is to share what God's given you and to share what you have and give it to others. So let's intentionally grow our passion and let's accept God's passion for us and let's take that passion to the streets because when we do, there will be nothing ordinary about our lives or the lives of those around us and our communities will flourish and God's kingdom will come and that will be an awesome, awesome thing for your streets, for your communities, for your workplaces, for this nation and for the world. So passion in the ordinary? No, no, no. Passion in the extraordinary, with the extraordinary God. Amen? Great. Well, if I could invite the band up. Um, some of what I might have said, or potentially none, might have made you think that you might want some um, prayer tonight. Um, I think prayer is, is so important. It, it allows us to talk with God and it, allows, and it shows God where we are and it opens our hearts to what he, want, what he wants us to do. We have a prayer um, area over there, but also many of you know each other and know your life situation. So feel free if you, uh, if you want prayer to 
go and find the prayer team, but also in your seats as the band are playing. Please feel free to pray for one another. And I just wanted to touch on these points. So I think if you're someone here tonight and you're really struggling to get in the boat, you might have been on the journey a long time, you might have been a Christian for a long time, or you might not know who God is. But if you're thinking, I want to get in that boat, but there's just something about it that, that I can't, then please receive some prayer for night, tonight. If you want to be more obedient, or if you, in other words, want to be out of Go where he wants you to go, but there's something in your life that's stopping you, something in your life that's holding him back. Please get prayer tonight. And if you want or need more of his presence, I mean, who doesn't, then please have some prayer tonight. And really importantly, if you're in here tonight and you're thinking, how can the God that Ben's talking about, how can he have passion for me, for where I am in my life? then please, please, please come and speak to someone and get prayer tonight because he is so passionate for you. And also, if you're in, you have unique relationships, unique ways in for God's kingdom with people that you know, I'd really encourage you to share that with people sitting next to you and pray for extraordinary acts. Pray for breakthrough in those relationships. Pray that God's light would come into those relationships. So I'm just going to close with a prayer and then, like I said, please feel free to to seek some more prayer. Father God, thank you so much you care for us. Thank you so much you have a passion for us, for each and every one of us, for the unique people you've created us to be. And Father, thank you that we get to journey with you in your kingdom's work. And Father, I pray as we go from here tonight, and we've watched our last episode of extremely tense drama, and we enjoy the bank holiday, and then on Tuesday, life goes back to normal. I pray, Lord, that you would help us grow our passion for you, and you would help us be open to what you want us to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.